I'm jealous of people with STDs, sexually transmitted diseases, because it means I've had sex. At least once. And both will change your life forever. It doesn't help that I'm the only community that still lives at home and that ha has a curfew. So I have to go outside and pretend I was calling my drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be a little late picking that stuff. No, I haven't been drinking. Yes, I love you too. <laughs> drug dealers, am I right? Dan, comedian and author Adam Schwartz. Answer 100 questions in five minutes to win the Manitoba Money Shot. Doing. Check it out. Plus, living in Winnipeg on this episode called Adam Schwartz Shoots on Johannesburg, South Africa. Now, what's this guy doing up here in Manitoba? Manitoba. 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 It's the Manitoba Money Shot Podcast with me, Ronald George Moore. Still got it after all these years. Hey, welcome to the show, the Manitoba Money Shot Podcast. My name is Ronald George Moore. Today, very special guest interview with Adam Schwartz, comedian, author. And you heard him at the beginning of the show. Uh, he was performing at Rumors during um, Funniest Person with a Day Job. Runner-up, Adam Schwartz. Published author, Adam Schwartz. Yes. We talk about his books. We talk about his comedy uh, we talk about lots of shit, dude. And speaking of lots of shit, have you heard also uh, from 2007, Living in Winnipeg? My Wow. My, <laughs> that is, you know, they talk about cringe, and then they talk about super cringe, and then they talk about living in Winnipeg. From Rhyme Machine, my last big epic uh, sketch family show, the, the basically the life of a uh, fresh big uh, he's a rapper. <laughs> he's trying to be a rapper. Uh, his, his whole life story, you know, he was kind of like, uh, was kicked out of the Fat Boys and yada, yada, yada. Just kind of changing history or whatever. Didn't really change much of history at all. But um, it was fun to do. I had a great time with it. It was my character. We did a story of his life. And at the end of the show, the last 10 minutes or 15 were uh, basically me and the Breakers Dozen crew, which were a whole bunch of kids 
that auditioned for the role ranging from like 8 to 17. And uh, I still have their names. We all had names, right? I'm the Fresh Big Baby Jesus. There was uh, Tesser, Ice E, C Dot, Triple E, Nikki Cool, uh, Little G, Slurp, Mrs. Fizzle, J Boss, Heyday. Uh, what the hell? What? Bruschaka. <laughs> yes, Bruschaka. And rounding out to 12 would be Doc Ock, which was really not. That was Derek Kixon because he drew the poster. So he put himself as one of the crew, which I thought was pretty awesome because he is awesome. Very first guest on the show way back when and lots of guests on the show. A lot of great Manitoba artists, uh, your comedians, your improvisers, your musicians, yada, yada, yada. Um, they're all there. Go check it out on SoundCloud. That's where you can find. That's our home base. You can check the back catalog. I drop two episodes a week. Uh, some short little rants I call the titter and the foreplay. Plus, uh, once in a while, I'll do this. They throw in this hour-long show. Oh, and before I forget, I got to thank Scott Kelly. He did the music for Rhyme Machine, so he was providing the beats there. And it's very funny at the end there, you know, I picture. And I, you know, during the show, the, the crowd, yes, there was a crowd. I got them. They, they were chanting Winnipeg, right? It was at the uh, Warehouse Theater in Winnipeg. And... Um, yeah, so that was the idea, but for the recording of this, the actual song, <laughs> it was just Scott going, Winnipeg, and you can really tell they're like, it's apartment recording, am I right? Because like, anytime we record, we don't get studios, you know, this is bare bones, raw, do-it-yourself, no budget, butt nut. I think it's hilarious that instead of the Winnipeg chant or scream from a, a huge crowd, you get Scott going, Winnipeg. <laughs> It's so funny. You can't go around screaming willy-nilly in an apartment complex. I've learned my lesson many times. At also, Teresa Fawcett uh, played my mom, or Teresa Thompson now, played my mom in the show, but she also choreographed uh, the 13 of us, well, I guess 12. And yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was so good. It was so much fun. But it's also, you can tell, like, the, I should have been screaming those lyrics in the rap song. But on stage, I was, because I was just... I'm so out of breath moving around. It was so difficult. I never really thought how hard it would be to do all these wicked dance choreographed moves while going blah, 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 blah. Anyway, the best part about the whole thing at the Fringe is I didn't register it as a family show. So when I they gave me my times, I had a midnight showing. You know, you get kind of like various times throughout the week, weekend, weekdays. So uh, yeah, it was like a Thursday at midnight I had a show. And so I was like, you know what? I'll do an adult version of the show. The kids can have the night off. I'll hire a porn star, Oshina, Oshina, I think her name was. And we'll swear a lot. Uh, showed my ass. You know, we just made it raunchy. Invited guests because we couldn't do the choreographed dance. Invited another fringer named Iceball. I think a few people had rap shows that year. And uh, holy crap, uh, in the middle of the show, people backstage are like, you got to get on stage. You got to get on stage. And Iceball and o Ocean, Ocean, uh, damn, I, I'm sorry, I forgot her name. But I think they they were getting pretty close to doing it and doing it and doing it well. It was hilarious. And the best part was there, uh, I guess, another fringe touring show went to my show, saw the adult version. And the next day on the uh, message, there's a fringe hub and at the message area where you can, you know, just write a message for someone else. They wrote uh, rhyme machine, vagtastic. <laughs> That's the best review I've gotten for any show or, I, you know, any show I'll ever do. Vagtastic. Anyways, adamschwartz.com. Go to this show. He has a show coming up. It's an eventbrite.ca show. Uh, inclusion Winnipeg Comedy Nights, eleven dollars $10 for the ticket, $162 for Eventbrite, why not? And uh, it's Adam's show. He's got a whole bunch of talented comedians, including friends of the show, Abby Falvo. And uh, go check it out. You can, it's online. You don't have to go anywhere. You can stay home, pay 10 bucks, and have a great night this Friday, January 21st, 7 p.m., Inclusion Winnipeg Comedy Night. Search it up on Facebook. Search it up on eventbrite.ca. Also, as I said, adamschwartz.com for all your Adam Schwartz needs. Plus his sketch troupe comedy people 
thing is comicsnos.com. Comicsnos.com. They got a show coming up in April at the gas station. Thanks for listening. Bye. Yes! Yes! Woo! Woo woo! Adam Schwartz, how are you? Great, how are you? I'm doing well, I'm doing well, you know, keeping it locked down, keeping inside, uh, trying to stay warm, trying to avoid everybody. (laughs) Pretty much these days. How about you? Uh, Yeah, things are going well. there's no contact, but that's great because I don't like people. So, <laughs> yes, it's almost like a blessing in disguise, in a word. It's funny you have mm-hmm. the brick it's... background. Are you constantly in front of a brick uh, wall like a true comedian? Yeah, that's actually a shower curtain. Be the comic <laughs> NOS, uh, the comic group, autistic national group that I'm part of with three other autistic comics uh, are age manager wanted us to all have the same background oh okay and uh, you're talking about uh, nos podcast uh nos podcast is part a small part of the bigger thing uh oh comedy group uh the comedy group if i'm not mistaken is uh the world's most awkward boy band is that right that's a longer name that uh pat tipping gave us because we all fit in our own genres uh, Michael's a corporate pro. Uh, Pat Tiffin is a comedy club underdog. Right. Uh, Curran is a alternate sweetheart, and I'm the French darling. <laughs> the French darling. The fringe the darling. The fringe darling. I'm sorry. Yes, and that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk. You you do so much, Adam. You're a writer. You're a comedian, obviously. You're a speaker. Uh, you've done fringe festivals. Uh, but what I like to do with the show, as I say every time, is like uh, we like to take it right back to the beginning. And I mm. noticed uh, on your Facebook page, you're born in Johannesburg. I am, uh, as South Africans like to call it, Joburg. Joburg. <laughs> and that's mm. South Africa. It's, uh, from what I read, it's like uh, the, the mega city of South Africa. Yeah, there's two major cities in South Africa, Cape Town and Johannesburg. Right, right. So you were born there, and how long were you? Did you stay there? Uh, I moved when I was about five. Wow! So from zero to five, do you have memory? Do you have any memories of it? I mean, it's Absolutely hard to not. go back I don't that have far. Any memories at all? Okay. Well, then, uh, have you been back? Uh, yeah, I've gone back a few times uh, to visit family. I went on a game reserve drive, which was pretty cool. Oh, nice. Just looking at what zebras, giraffes, elephants, Hippos, rhinos. Nice. Was it ever scary? <laughs> like, I guess because you're in a vehicle or whatever, but they can get pretty close. Uh, no, not really. Um, it's pretty safe. So, what's it like uh, there? Like, what, what, what kind of place is it? I know it's known as the city of gold. Uh, so, yeah, it's great. Uh, there's a high rate of crime so people live in these big gated uh have these big gates around their house uh Mm -hmm. were you nervous walking the streets there wasn't much walking the streets uh when i was there yeah it was you had a destination and you'd walk to the mall but it wasn't just walking around exploring Mm -hmm. right right what kind of things did you do while you were there i mean besides Uh, the Safari, uh, that's a safari. Uh, I visited family, we went to craft markets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also went to Umschlanga, which is a uh, and learned how to body surf. Learned how to body surf, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, Jesus, like body surf, like that's surfing, right? Like, or is it? Well, surfing is a lot more intense than that, and physically involved. And I see. Oh, so you're lying flat surfing. on the board. You're flat on the board. Mm-hmm. I don't have the dexterity to stand up on the board. Right. 
<laughs> well, especially if you haven't done it before, you know, it's going to take some time. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really cool. How old were you when you went back? Uh, I've gone back multiple, at least twice. So once when I was in my 20s and once when I was in my teens. Mm. See, I was wondering if by that time, perhaps you were doing uh, stand-up at that point. Maybe you tried to find some open mics. <laughs> if there's a comedy. Uh, we... Did, uh, when I went to visit my brother like three years ago, I w- had or six years ago, I had been doing comedy at the time, uh, but I didn't go to, uh, and I went past a comedy club in Cape Town, but mm-hmm. it was only for book shows, and they wouldn't, and I w- didn't make their cut. Uh, but Aisha Alpha performed there. Oh, she did. Yeah. Well- but not while you were there. She's just a friend no, of the show, Aisha but... Alpha. <laughs> yeah, that, she's been everywhere, that girl, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so at five years old, you moved, was it to Canada? Or wh- where did you yeah. go from there? We went to Winnipeg. Oh, straight shot, right, to Winnipeg. Do you know what the decision yeah, was? I really never lived to... anywhere else other than uh, Johannesburg and Winnipeg. Right. What was the reason behind that? Behind the big move, my parents wanted to get out of there. Uh, my it was it was Canada or Australia, uh, and my dad knew some people in Winnipeg. Oh, okay. So at least arriving, he'd have people he could associate with and kind of let them know what it's like living here and maybe help out a mm-hmm. little bit, help you guys out. Yeah. Okay. What part mm. of the city did you live in when you first arrived? Uh, Keniston Village. Keniston Village. Oh, wild. Okay. I know that area. Uh, townhouses. Yeah. What was it like living there? What school would you have gone to then? Uh, my siblings went to Ramah, and I eventually went to Brockwarden. Where's that, Brock? I can't think. Picture where that Brock is. Gordon on between Brock and Gordon. It's, yes, of course. <laughs> some places just aren't very good naming, or you would think right I would know where Brock Gordon is. Of course. Okay. Any particular memories you have of growing up uh, in an el- elementary school, or anything you like doing, uh, hobbies, uh, interests? We went went to Fun Mountain. That was awesome. Yeah, and went <laughs> and, and to the Dragon's was, Mouth. And it would have <laughs> the Dragon's Mouth. Is that a slide? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I remember when it first opened. It was uh, yeah, it was really exciting to go. I was like the pretty much that and Wet and Wild was the big one out in Lockport. You had mm-hmm. two choices. It was uh, much closer. Right? Did you did you have a lot of school friends, school chums? Mm, uh, not that many. I've always struggled socially because of my autism. Right, right. And was uh, was that diagnosed when you were in Canada, or was it before you arrived in Canada? Uh, so I was diagnosed when I was thirteen, but they always knew there was something a little different about me. Okay, okay. That's early, and that's also late. I mean, uh, Pat Tiffin in my comedy group. Uh, comics NOS from London, Ontario, uh, only got na- diagnosed when he was in his 30s. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, Corinne Dobbs got diagnosed around that point, too. Michael, uh, like me, got a fairly early diagnosis. Right. They knew that there was a disability. There was, they knew there was something a little different about me, meaning that I had some kind of disability that I wasn't functioning like uh lots of the other kids right okay um were you interested in comedy at that young of an age or did when did the no. when did comedy i i've always uh so as i've talked about in comedy i've always had people uh laughing with and at me uh because i struggled in school uh and i so uh I struggled socially and it was really awkward. So uh, I got thought it was going to be a natural fit in stand-up comedy because I had always had people laughing. Right, right. 
but it seems like you were saying like people were were making fun of you. Is was that what you were saying? Like they're well, you were making them laugh. I was making them laugh, but it wasn't always intentional. It wasn't uh, clever things. It was just right weirdo. We we find yeah, it was kind of like a defense mechanism to turn it around and entertain. Uh, I wish lots of people start out that way, and they have they are doing it consciously and are able to use then turn into a great comedy career. But uh, with me, it was more of I was just really weird and awkward. Right, and as far as what kind of who who were the comedians? Were you, did you know of comedians back then, or was it kind of natural for you to try to be funny? Uh, it was natural for me to be weird and awkward. I've only really got to start. <laughs> I've only really started uh, studying stand comedy now as a result of my uh, coach Joel Buxton in Toronto. But I've uh, before that I didn't really. I've watched comedy, but I wasn't really studying it. Right. Okay. Well, what uh, what what were your interests in say like junior high, high school? Uh, I was really into basketball. Oh yeah, really? Okay, so sports was your game. Mhm. I was horrible at it, but I loved playing. <laughs> uh, you loved to play. You guys win trophies. Yeah, that is a common pattern in most of my life. Is that I'm pretty bad at most things, but I enjoy end up enjoying them, and so I stick at them. That's great. That's really cool. Some things I get better at eventually. Like I believe I've made more, a lot more progress in uh, comedy and writing than I have in sports. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Was it only basketball? Were there other, like, say, winter sports? Uh, I played hockey in elementary school. Nice. Cool. Yeah, I did that as well. I eventually quit because I kept. Feeling, feeling embarrassed because I couldn't even tie my own skates. Oh, uh, yeah. I had to have one of my teammates tie them for me. And so all the ribbing eventually got to me. So I stopped playing hockey and just focused on basketball. Yeah, well, that's the same thing. I had the same trouble. Like, you have, you really have to tie those laces tight. So, okay. Did, did you do uh, – were, were you good in school? Were you getting grades? Were you getting the grades? Uh No. I was really an average student at best. Mm-hmm. And was do you think? But you did. You went on to university. So was it a matter of just cracking down? Uh, no, it's a, it was a matter of culture. Being Jewish, it was pretty much expected that we go to university, and ninety nine percent of the people uh, I went to school with eventually went to university. The one of the few exceptions being my good friend Ariel Posen, who is now considered one of the best guitar players in the world. Really? Is he mm-hmm. is he still here in Winnipeg or has he moved on? Uh he's moved all over. Uh but right before the pandemic he was touring with Tommy Bahamas. But yeah, uh he was doing they were doing big concert tours uh before the pandemic. Mm. Shut it down. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so would you, oh, so you said that being Jewish, it's expected that you were going to continue your education past high school. It's almost uh, like yeah. you don't, you don't have a choice because it's just mm-hmm. in the culture, as you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's weird uh, expectation considering that lots of the smartest comics I met only never went to any university at all. Like Andy Noble is super clever and smart. Uh, and he just went straight into working right after high school. Right. JD is another great example of someone who went straight into uh, working and straight out of high school and is also super smart. You JD Renault? Did you yeah. say JD? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, yeah, and super talented guy, like, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> That's the thing about JD, he's so focused on his art. I don't get the well, I guess with the pandemic, right? You don't see too many uh stand up shows mm-hmm. live anymore, but uh, yeah, I miss him on stage. I would have looked down at people who only had a high school education because I was so used to being part of my culture 
that you just automatically go to university. Right. And you went to two. You went to uh, what? U of W? Yeah. But you also, mm-hmm. it says uh, you also went to University of, and I can't remember. Uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. I got a master's in library and information science. No way. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's really cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Why why Pittsburgh? That's where the course, that's where you had to go. Uh, yeah, that was a school. Yeah, but if you was- been there before? Uh, no. And you, how many years, we, a year? How many years did it take to? It took like three, it was a three-year program. So you lived in Pittsburgh for three years? Uh, no, I was doing most of it online. Oh, son of a bitch, okay. <laughs> That's okay. That seems like a cheat. <laughs> I wanted to hear stories of Pittsburgh and tell me about Pittsburgh. So you did go there though? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. what's, what's Pittsburgh like? Pittsburgh's amazing. Their food was amazing. Uh, I ran across from my hotel was a restaurant owned by uh, someone who used to run a nightclub for the hippest, uh, hardest act that came through Pittsburgh. <laughs> okay, so there, you wanted a little bit of a nightlife there. You got to check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, by the time that I was there, it was just a family restaurant at that point. Okay. But they were extremely welcoming. And one time the place was so busy, uh, I just went and ate dinner with like the family in on the second floor. With the family who owned the place? Yeah. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> yeah, look at that. You're making friends. That's pretty awesome. And then, uh, mm-hmm. so you got your degree, you came back, or you're, you know, you pretty much were here anyway. So during the university years, I'm just wondering now, because I remember you from the open mics. I remember that's the first time I saw you was the open mics at the Cavern. Mm-hmm. You know, way, back in the way Dave back. Shore days. Yeah, like 2003, maybe? And John B. Duff. John B. Duff. Mm-hmm. Yes, rest in peace. John B. Duff was uh, running the joint. And uh, he had, you know, every Sunday, you'd have pretty much the same characters going up, trying five minutes. And uh, I remember one you being up. Or one minute of stand-up. <laughs> one minute, yeah. <laughs> like when it got near the end and everyone wanted to get up there, there's always uh, way more performers and spots. And, mm-hmm. and I remember yeah. you said challenge people to rap battles. I used to do that, yeah, because I was like, I just wanted to get up there and it's <laughs> like, hey, if there's any time left, I'll just challenge anyone to come up. And just from the, the whole idea of the wrestling, like I'm the villain and whoever comes up is going to be the baby face. And yeah, and I'm because I'm so crappy, <laughs> of course, they're going to win, you know, that was always that was always fun. But what I loved is mm-hmm. uh, I always look forward to seeing you do stand up because I always loved your uh, approach to it. Because the jokes were there, and they were a bit more raunchy at the time, I remember. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's right, but I, I just remember I was like, this guy is saying some pretty, pretty uh, uh, blue material. Am I remembering that right? Do you, do you remember when you first started yeah. doing can- stand-up? I, I remember I had, uh, because my autism was so deluded in not understanding why something was offensive and someone called out one of my jokes uh, and it turns out it was pretty bad at uh, the time. Uh, well, now I know a lot better, but it was about how, uh, what's the deal with a pregnant woman wearing belly button t-shirts? Are you still looking for Mr. Right? <laughs> pregnant women were offended? Is that the, the deal? Uh, no, some women were offended. Uh, I'm not going to name names, but uh, someone called me out about it. And in hindsight, they were probably right. I've told a lot of uh, inappropriate jokes in (laughs) my time. But it wasn't also, it's not only the material, Adam. It was also the way you stood on stage and presented it. I was just like, no one's doing stand-up like you. No one was doing it like you. And also, if, if a joke bombed or if it did well it was almost like the same reaction with you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it was just like, all right, let's get on to the next one. You know, just keep going. Uh, yeah. Do you remember, uh, do, do you remember any particular 
stories or moments of of uh, of the st- of the cavern itself, like from that era? Uh, I remember Paul Proboscis and Ryan Ash repping about chicken noodle soup. Yeah, <laughs> chicken noodle. Was that it? Chicken noodle, chicken noodle. It was a parody of black and yellow. You know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, that was pretty good. And then also, you weren't just doing the cavern because, you know, pretty much John had the open mic going, but there were other ones that were popping up, right? There was a King Ted at the time, and there was also the Standard. Right, the Standard, which eventually is now or has a daughter. It was Hooligans and the Standard, and then the Rosenby, and now the Handsome Daughter. Mm-hmm. And you, you're still, you were still all the time. You were never discouraged. Uh, you kept going. Uh, what was your favorite room to play? Uh, I don't know. They all had their strengths and their weaknesses. None really stood up to me. So when you, when, when you were getting into comedy, when you decided that you wanted to go up, do you remember the first time you went up on stage? Uh, it was a Greenbrier run by Scott Portugues. No way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no way. I, re- I think I remember those shows. Mm-hmm. I was what they're trying to impress uh, Judy Dolman, who's also a super funny comic in her own right. Mm-hmm. But you, you did it to impress from, a girl? Uh, I knew her from uh, theater class. And so I thought I was going to really impress her. With my comedy, yeah, and she didn't come, and she didn't, oh. also wasn't there the first three times that I did stand-up comedy. Oh, that's heartbreaking, man. I also remember I was so arrogant; I didn't even stick around for the other comics. I just did my set, and then I'm like, okay, now I'm going to go watch the basketball game. But eventually, and also, I imagine the first time you went, you don't know anybody, so it's like, you know, it's like you're just going to sit there mm-hmm. by yourself. But I remember again, who was extremely welcoming, uh, him and Tim Gray. Who 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 was uh, Tim and who? Dan Hewen. Oh, Dan Hewen. Oh, oh, at the Comedy uh, Loser or uh, the uh, King's Head shows. They were yeah. very welcome. Uh, and at the Greenbrier, they were both at the Greenbrier that night. Were they? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. The first the, the first time you performed, you remember seeing them and meeting them. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Do you remember how your set went? That first set. Uh, no, I. Convinced myself that I was, uh, all my sets went great. That I, for the first five times, I well, that's the way to go. That's was horrible at being audience, and I just convinced myself I was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> well, it works, and that's a great way to remember it too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then so you're doing open mics, you're going around, you're getting. You're getting your material, you're building up five minutes, and eventually you started working on or started entering contests, right? Funniest person with a day job. Would have been funniest comic. I guess ran a contest, which another contest that I ran lost in the first round. And Angie St. Mars crushed it from the first set. Uh, And there were other people who started off flying. Uh, who, from their, from the time that they very their first time, uh, they were already doing a great. I mean, Aisha Alpha won rumors contest when she started the first yeah. year. Right. It's just some people right from the get go. They just all they. It's mm-hmm. like they have that instant thing, you know. And they have them. They, mm-hmm. just, the audience eats it up. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's also got you pretty used to being on stage because uh currently you can you do uh what, what would you call it like a, a spoken word i've done presentations presentations right mm-hmm. and it's also a, yeah i've done several presentations with saint mont and i've done educational uh presentations where i mix in my stand comedy and my and education about autism Right, right. That must be pretty satisfying. Mm-hmm. Especially, did you ever did you ever feel nervous doing it, or did, like, sorry, getting back to like just public speaking? Did you ever feel nervous like the first time, or it's just like my first time that I had to do a serious presentation? I felt nervous because it's so easy to hide behind laughter, and yeah, 
Each company is a shield. Exactly. Because that's always the best part if you're not doing well on stage is you just make fun of yourself. And usually the audience is back on your side, right? Um, let's talk about your books for a second. I've got, I've got Asperger's, so Bear the News, Don't Tell Mom. Was that your first uh, book? Yeah, that was my first book I wrote. What year is that? I don't know. In like 2015? Oh, okay. Right, and that's when you're on the uh, cover, you're wearing a crown. And, yeah. Uh, and then my next book was Anna uh, and the Substitute Teacher, about a young autistic girl saving the day using her autistic powers. So the Substitute Teacher is like a Medusa-like character who can't put a spell on her because she can't make eye contact. Right. Uh, that's a children's book. Yeah. I mean, uh, and then it would turn, turn into a play uh, and a substitute teacher, but the children's uh, theaters didn't want to carry it because they didn't like the fantasy elements of it. So then I wrote another play, uh, Anna Saves the Marsh, about a young autistic girl who saves the local marsh, uh, which is her special place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and overcomes her fear of public speaking. So Anna's uh, in the same character in two different stories. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, I did that for Revolver during the pandemic. Uh, and uh, I got in touch with a film com- uh, company, uh, SCP, Suspiciously Convenient Productions. Okay. Uh, who are who are helping me turn into a TV show? Oh, okay. It's in development, as they say. Uh, yeah. Well, that's great. Pre-development, they would call it. But what do they call it? Development usually pre-development because they usually only call it development once a studio or something has oh. signed on. Yeah, that's how far removed I am from the industry. I have no idea <laughs> all this stuff. Uh, you also have uh, something you wrote. And I also wrote another uh, book called Jonathan uh, and the Family Barbecue. So <laughs> a boy that's the deal going to the family barbecue and all the uh, sensory overload there. Right. Uh, and then I wrote uh, No School Today, an autistic guide to COVID. Yes, yes, that's what I was going to bring up. Yeah, you wrote a specific story about uh, a young child who has to deal with the fact that there's this new flu running around and mm-hmm. how uh, his father kind of uh, teaches him about it. Is that somewhat correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I understand you're working on a new one. Now, this one is on your website. It says, coming soon, the unlikely, the story of the most unlikely comedian. Oh, I should probably take that one off the website because I wrote it like two or three years ago and I never ended up publishing it. Oh, why not? Why wouldn't you? Why I don't not? know, because I, I just fell out of love with it. And uh, the first book didn't sell so well, so I got bored of the adult book genre. Right. I think I understand what you're saying. I mean, I like that. Like, uh, sometimes I'll have an opening bit I'm working on for this podcast and I'll be about halfway and I'm like, I don't know if I like this anymore, but I'm like, I already put so much work. (laughs) I put hours and hours of work in this opening bit and I'm like, Oh, should Mm -hmm. I scrap it? So I kind of, I kind of hear what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So the story, it's just basically, it's a bio of you. I would assume you're the story. Oh Mm -hmm. man. I'd (laughs) You should release it. I want. I want to read it now. But maybe mm-hmm. you know. You never know. If you keep it on the shelf, it could come back in you know a year or. I don't even know where it is anymore. But oh no, it's going to be somewhere. <laughs> okay, that's too bad. Um, so you're obviously into uh, books. Like, what what's what are some of your favorite books? I've got so many different favorite books. I've got so many different genres. I love. I'm currently reading a really interesting book by Judy Battalion, Battalion uh, about the women who were part of the resistance in the Holocaust. Oh my God. Which is okay. great. Uh, I love Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
We're talking like the A.A. Milne Winnie the Pooh, because that's like a thick-ass book, right? Like, it's like a pretty Mm -hmm. big book. Yeah. And what other, Uh, what are some of your other favorites? I don't know. Uh, What genres do you like to to read? I read a lot of science fiction. I really like Brody Sanderson's uh, Mythborn series. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you would you say you prefer books over as as your first, uh, favorite entertainment? Uh, you know, as far as like television, movies, books. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but it's weird because I'm now working in uh, trying to get a TV show, and I'm also trying to turn my first adult play to a movie or get it produced to play. Yeah. Uh. It's called, uh, you probably wouldn't get it anyway. It's about a stand-up comedian who struggles uh, and has so much baggage from being an eternal outsider that he ends up freaking out and making things really, life really hard for himself. Right, it's almost he's digging the hole deeper. Mm -hmm. Right? That was based on a play uh that's a play that i'm writing right now that that's makes a, play a movie but uh it's based on my experiences in stand-up comedy and how i never thought i'd break through and i haven't i mean who actually break broken through uh but so how in my head i always wanted to freak out uh because i didn't think i was getting the opportunities that in my head i deserved Right, right. Living up to your own expectations. Uh, so, so it's oh, a lot ahead. easier in a story to act badly than it is in real life. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And that's something you're working on. But let's talk about your the Fringe for a second, because you've, you, you've done a Fringe show. Uh, what was the name of the show again? Uh, Asperger's A Tale of a Social Misfit. Yeah, that was 2013. Mm-hmm. Now that's one. Um, <clears throat> 2013. I thought it was 2014 or 2015. I can't remember that far back. Uh, just from my research, I was like, uh, I wrote down 2013. I think because the uh, the interview on YouTube when you're promoting the show was 2013. That's why I have that oh. number. Yeah. Awesome. You're on Shaw or something. Mm-hmm. Um, did uh, Did you enjoy the experience of uh, this is the one? This was a one man show. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about your experiences in the Fringe, because uh, it was the sold out. The wonderful community. Oh, yeah. The Winnipeg Theater community all, like, rallies around the Fringe. Uh, no, I just mean the Fringe community in general. Uh, I've done other cities, such as Saskatchewan, on, uh, Toronto, Edmonton, mm-hmm. Ottawa, and I've just found wonderful theater people all the way because they've realized that most of them uh, aren't going to make good money and they're just love creating theater for the love of it. Exactly. Yes. You always hope, of course, the money will show up at the end, but that's not why you do it. But right? it never does. It never does. <laughs> uh, when you were going across Canada, was that like you applied for that? I think there's a special fringe thing where you apply and then if you get in you get into all the cities yes no i've only done one or two fringes a year never the whole tour okay what was your favorite city to do your fringe play in how about that for a question that's a good question uh edmonton edmonton because why i don't know edmonton it's been always very receptive it's also as far as i know the biggest fringe festival in canada second biggest in the world from what i remember uh, I don't know. Yeah, first being uh, Edinburgh. Edinburgh, right? but I think Perth is has got bigger. Oh, really? Probably. This is this is from like 15 years ago. I'm taking these numbers. So, uh, Australia. Yeah, Perth, wow. Australia. Okay, but yeah, definitely that was always a thing. Like Winnipeg, we always think like our fringe is so great and so huge because there's so many people the city gets around it but then you're like oh edmonton has bigger numbers uh winnipeg people tend to make more money than in edmonton on average so our fringe is pretty great uh there's just so many more shows and so many more options in edmonton 
Right, right. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Do you remember seeing any particular shows at the Fringe that you enjoyed? There's so many great shows. I love Josephine. Uh, and I've loved uh, the work of Janelle Hanna uh, and Rebecca Perry's Confessions of a Redhead Shop Girl were, were pretty great. Mm-hmm. So these are all one-woman shows? One-person uh, yeah. shows? Okay, all right. Let's talk about uh, the fact that, okay, you, then you, you you started doing a podcast, as you mentioned earlier. You started, you got together. Oh, and it was uh, with uh, uh, the four, three guys in my autistic comedy group, uh, Michael, Pat, and Corinne. Mm-hmm. And so how did the uh, comedy troupe come together? How, how did that all form? Uh, it was in a... Mike's mom suggested it to Doug, who's our agent, and put it, everything together. Right. But these these guys are in different cities, or one is, right? One yeah. guy's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, where, so where's we were living? initially going to go to uh, Toronto for, uh, for a big conference, but uh, Michael lives in Toronto. Pat lives in London, Ontario. Current lives in Victoria. Wow. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's, you know everyone's zooming anyways. Why not have a troop where everyone? I guess it's going to be kind of tough to get together uh, just for meetings. But it's interesting. I've probably made more money uh, doing Zoom shows in the last year than I had made all up to to that point in my comedy career. Really? Mm-hmm. Why, why because, do you think that uh, is? Michael McCurry is a superstar, uh, and so his, and so is his whole family. And so Doug was able to book us all kinds of big shows from when we did our first Zoom show. Yeah, uh, yeah and uh, mm-hmm, Michael's now appearing in two TV shows, one on the Sci-Fi Network, Astrid and Lily, Save the Universe, Oh wow! And it went on Netflix, uh, Georgia and Jane and Georgia or something. Uh, Jane and Georgia, season two. Oh, nice! And like, do do you guys have uh, anything on, like, say YouTube, or do you have, uh, like, I know you have your podcast, but is there yeah, anything uh, out there that we can watch sketch wise? No, uh, we don't really have any sketches or anything, but you can just. Uh, look we'll at us individually, <laughs> and we all uh, we were gonna go on tour in May, but that may or may not happen. <clears throat> Excuse me, mm-hmm. now um, we were gonna record my comedy album in April 29th, and then we were gonna go tour right after that. And I have a autistic female friend, Kayla, who's was gonna come in to Winnipeg to do it with us too. Oh, nice! So it was gonna be mm-hmm. everyone was gonna get together in Winnipeg for it. Yeah. Nice. Well, hopefully that'll happen in the future. I noticed the podcast mm-hmm. is still going on, though, or at least it was started this year. You have mm-hmm. a few episodes. We've been on hiatus, uh, and we're going to resume uh, January 15th. We're going to start recording again. Right. And is it only on Spotify? I tried finding it on other platforms, but it, it seems to be Spotify. Uh, I don't friendly. know. Christian, our tech manages that for us. So. Yeah. I don't know. Do you find like, even with this, me and you, I find over Zoom, there's like a second delay. So I'm constantly cutting you off or you know what I mean? Like, is that harder with four people, five people? That must be pretty difficult. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of work still to do in making sure that everyone has to get the chance to talk. Now, Adam, you also put on a, a lot of, uh, or you, you definitely involve a lot of charity work. Uh, you put on charity shows. Uh, including the most uh, recent one, which is coming up January 21st at 7 o'clock, Inclusion Comedy Night. Inclusion Winnipeg. Inclusion Winnipeg. Now, this is something I just read about now. This is a long-standing uh, organization to help out. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you explain what they're about? Uh, they're a long-standing organization that work with people with intellectual disabilities uh, to promote inclusion. 
Right. And is this something that you approach them with or were they, did they come to you say, Hey, yeah. we have uh, I was going to, we were initially going to do something for them, uh, last summer, but because it was too close to their other fundraiser, uh, we end we ended up doing a show for Family Advocacy Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we're have a chance to do something for Family for Inclusion One Peg. Right. Uh, okay. And uh, this this is your baby. You've organized this whole thing, correct? Including mm-hmm. the, uh, the lineup for the for the comedians who are performing that night. Can you tell us about who the stand-ups are? Uh, there's a lot of comics. So uh, the local stand-up comics are Benji Rossman, uh, Andrew St. Mars, Megan Riley, Ruben Trudeau, uh, Abby Falvo, Pat from my NOS is joining us. Nice. This is Jared Nathan oh. from... And Ruben Trudeau, I always think he said that. Right, and it's a it is online. It's a Zoom thing. It's ten bucks, and you get a night of comedy there. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it should be lots of fun. Who who's your who are your favorite comedians? It doesn't uh, have to be local. I mean, just like as far as like you know, who do you find funny? Who's really funny? So many people. Sarah Hennessy. Uh, oh, I love her. Kayla Marie. Uh, I, Paul Boskis, Matt Nightingale, mm-hmm. who else have been listening to a lot lately? Uh, Sam Burns. Sorry, who? Boston is hilarious. Sam uh, Burns? Yeah. I don't know who that is. Who's Sam Burns? Uh, comic in Toronto. Oh, Okay. Any old school comedians though? You know what I mean. Like one of my favorite comedians is Phil Silvers. Like I, 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 st- I pretty much watch him every day. I love Sergeant Bilko. He's like my favorite guy right now. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Is there any those old school comedians that you like? Uh, like even if it's like George Carlin. George Carlin, yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his albums are fantastic. Have you read his books? You must have read no. his books. You, you haven't read his books? No. Oh man. No. George Carlin, you know, as he got older and older, he got more crankier and crankier, you know, so he just hated everybody. It was awesome. It's a great read. Um, Okay, well, I'm going to, I'll let you go, Adam, but before I let you go, uh, we're going to do the Manitoba Money Shot. So it's uh, 100 questions. I'm going to have a timer on for five minutes and it rapid style question answer, you know, and it's like not hard questions. Yeah, it's going to be like uh, this or that, fill in the blank. Um, yeah, what's your favorite, blah, blah, blah. And also, so if you break it down, each question and answer, like we have to work together, right? Like each, about every three seconds, we have to move on, right? So you can pass if you don't have an answer, but I don't recommend it. And uh, if you find yourself, you're pausing too much. Yeah, we should keep moving on. But once again, no pressure, but only two people have, have been able to complete this task. Um, they've completed or they got it all right uh complete oh only 90 percent of the questions have to be correct right and a lot of them is just the honor system so i'm not gonna call i'm not gonna call you a liar if you say your favorite color is blue but it's actually red like how would i know right oh but, burn <laughs> but but if like say there's something in here that uh maybe that came up in the interview then i would be like hey that's not right but once again, even to get through the 100 questions in five minutes is a task in itself, okay? Thank so you. just try to answer them as quick as you can. Adam Schwartz, are you ready? Ready. Tonight's Manitoba Money Shot for Adam Schwartz is... $18. Good luck, Adam. And remember, in the words of George Carlin, you can prick your finger, but don't finger your prick. Hail Satan! Name a Winnipeg movie theater. The Cinemax. Name a Winnipeg bar. Earl's. Name a Winnipeg restaurant. Uh, McDonald's. Name a Winnipeg park. Stimpy Park. Name a Winnipeg band. The guess who? Name name a number between one and ten. Ten. 
Uh, broccoli or cauliflower? Cauliflower. Bananas or apples? Banana. Rice or potato? Rice. Favorite salad dressing? Ranch. Favorite soup? Okay. Tomato soup. Girls just want to have what? Fun. Boys don't what? Cry. Name a Grammy winner. Grammy? Yeah. <laughs> you want to pass? Mm-hmm. Eminem? Good. Name an Oscar winner. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. What would you do? What would you buy at Dollarama? Uh, forks. Do you drink coffee? Yes. Favorite subject in school? Math. Name a movie you've purchased. Uh, Batman. Name a member of the band Kiss. Pass. Name a Star Wars droid. R2-D2. Uh, what do you bring to the beach? Hell. <clears throat> Name a John. John Smith. Name a Betty. Betty Draper. Uh, name a Chris. Chris Draper. Who are these people? Name a Manitoba city. Selkirk. Name a Manitoba town. Uh, Rockwood. Uh, last concert attended. Uh, pass. Can you name a Winnipeg uh, Jet, like player, hockey player? Uh, yeah, Mark Scheifele. What about a Blue Bomber? Uh, Obi Khan. Name a, a Winnipeg Mayor. Brian Bowman. Name a business on Corden. Jalotti's. Name a business in Osborne Village. Uh, the Grove. Uh, name a podcast. Uh, NOS. Name a dice game. Snake Eyes. Uh, favorite toy as a child. Uh, the Ninja Turtle. Favorite toy as an adult. The Ninja Turtle. Name any kind of nut. Almond. Name a local beer. Uh, Fort Gary. Who does your laundry? I do. Mac or PC? Mac. Uh, name an actress from Charlie's Angels. Charlie Theron. Name a reality show. Uh, who wants to be a millionaire? Uh, name an SNL cast member, Saturday Night Live. Uh, well, uh, Chris Farley. Uh, name a talk show host. Uh, Johnny Carson. Ring around the what? Rosie. <laughs> uh, Facebook or Twitter? Facebook. Uh, sorry. Name a science fiction movie. Uh, Blade Runner. Name an 80s comedy film. Uh... Who wants to marry an ex-murderer? Oh, yeah, that's good. Name a baseball movie. Uh, League of Their Own. Name something blue. A towel. Name something red. Uh, red nose. Red, name something green. Uh, turtle. Name something yellow. The sun. Name something brown. Pooh. Name something purple. Barney. Name something pink. A heart. Well, where would you find a flag? Downtown. How much money in your pocket? 30 seconds. Nothing. Name a DJ. DJ Tanner. DJ Tanner. <laughs> last, last place you ordered a pizza from. Uh, pizza Hotline. Uh, what toppings were on that pizza? Pineapple. Uh, can you cook? 10 seconds. Yes. Can you dance? Yes. Can you juggle? No. Can you whistle? No. What would you name a horse? Winnie. That's it, Winnie. Winnie the horse? That makes sense. Sorry, Adam. No, fortunately, didn't happen, but it was close. I think you're sitting at about 70, uh, about 70. Oh, well. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs>
Still, still there's some good answers on there. Can we go back to the name of Betty? And <laughs> who are these people you were mentioning? Name a Betty John. Draper from Mad Men? Oh, see, I don't know Mad Men. I, I never watched that show. Adam, this has been great. Thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast and taking time away from your uh, Friday night. And this has been awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Bye. yeah.